Rusty. Bless you. Yeah, I just called her a turkey. Was that fair? <laughs> Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you're amazing. You're so amazing, and we get to connect with you. We get to love on you. We get to, we get to be, uh, I don't have the right word, but thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk about so many things that it's hard to put it into. I want to talk about the kingdom. I want to talk about us connecting with the kingdom. I want to talk about hearing his voice. You see, I think there's a major need for us to hear the voice of God and not just to hear the voice of our favorite people or our favorite group. Or our favorite party. I didn't plan to say that. <laughs> we need to hear God. We need to hear God. John 10.10, 10, one of my favorite verses. Matter of fact, um, years ago, years ago, Marilyn asked me, what's your verse that you would, and this is it, and, and obviously I don't want to magnify the enemy, do you understand? The thief does not come except, in other words, the only reason he comes, he doesn't have any other plan except to steal, kill. And destroy. But this is the best part. The thief has to come. But our God doesn't have to come. Our God. I have come. He's already came. He's still coming. It wasn't an event of then. It's an event that's still happening. That has never stopped increasing. I will pour out my spirit in the latter days. It keeps coming more and more and more and more and more. I'm not telling you when things are happening. I'm telling you that, that it's more increased now than it's ever been. I have come that you may have life. And that you may have it more abundantly. More and more and more and more. Your value of your life. The value of my life should increase. Meaning the, the need for me in an area or wherever that I'm at should increase. You should increase in value in your neighborhood. You should increase in value, in, and I'm not talking about finance, although finance is part of it, but it's such a minor part of the whole. But it's all true. That you may be more up abundantly. Look at the, I want to read this in context. I, 
Jesus. I am the good shepherd. And a shepherd gives his life. He gave his whole entire life everything he could ever possibly give. We couldn't even have came up with the ways. He gave it for us. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. I know them. I've experienced them. I understand them. <laughs> and I am known by my own. So not only do I know them, they know me. In response to what I've done, they know me. Look at verse 26. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. In other words, what makes the difference on whether we're believing or not? whether we're his sheep or not. I'm not talking about just being born again. I'm talking about being that he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd and I'm being correct. I'm in my place with him. Does that make sense? I'm connect I'm so connected that that it, it, how I walk changes my belief. Whoa. Not just having all the right scriptures For my belief. I don't want you, know, I, I want you to have all the right scriptures. I want you to hear this in the right context, okay? I'm not, I want you to have, but it's not about just having all the right scriptures and doing what you want. It changes your belief. As I said to you, in other words, I've already said this once. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. John chapter 4. Verse 34. Jesus is saying this. He, 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 he's been at the well and he, he's ministered to the lady who... The whole town knows is so full of sin that her story has to do with it. She even says that's her whole life story. But they've gone, the apostles, they, they've gone to get food and they come, they come back and Jesus is not taking any of the food and they're trying to understand if somebody else has fed him while they've been gone. And he says, my food is to do the will of him that sent me. Now, think, I want you to think about this a little bit. My food is to do the will. My food, my nourishment. What makes me healthy and not needy. Or codependent on those people or things I shouldn't be codependent on instead of him. You see, we're made to be codependent, but we're made to be codependent on the Holy Spirit. And when we're codependent in other ways, we're unhealthy. And my food, my nourishment, what, what will make us healthy to do the will of him that sent me? Do you think that might help a few counseling sessions? 
or a few bankruptcies. I'm not saying all, please don't take this in a wrong vein, but it will change who we are. Now, this next verse, verse 35, I have spoken this verse, obviously it's not my word, it's his, but I've used this verse for years because I knew now faith is. Faith is not about the next season. Now faith is. But look at this a little bit. Do not say that there's still four months and then comes the harvest. I learned something. Not new, but hopefully I retain this and use it. How do I get my life so I'm not assuming that the next season has the harvest in it instead of this season having the harvest in it? I do the will of him that sent me and I, the lens that I'm looking through is in the right perspective. And I can see the harvest. And it's not about assuming this has to change or that has to change in order for God to move. Holy Spirit. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look at the fields. They're already white. They're already white. They're already white for harvest. Now, I don't know if the, yes, it does. I was going to say, I don't know if the print that Debbie has has it, but I think this is interesting. How many times do we see an explanation point in the Bible? Do not say that there's four months. In other words, We've all been guilty of this. I've been guilty of this. Assuming that the next season is the season God's going to do something instead of this season. Can I tell you something? It reveals the obedience I'm in in this season. Because if I was in obedience, I would see it in this season. I would automatically gaze at something different than I'm gazing at. Holy Spirit. Hosea 4, 6 says his people, this is Christians, it's obviously still Old Testament, but we're destroyed because of lack of knowledge, a lack of knowing gained by experience. But the part that I, want, that I think is interesting, because it's not because it's God's will, it's not even because the enemy is so amazing, it's because me... I've rejected knowledge. I've rejected an experience that God has put in front of me and I've put it off till later or I've said no, not now or whatever I've done. But in the process, I've opened up the door to the enemy. You see, the kingdom has keys and God, God works in, in ways and the enemy's not omnipresent, nor, nor is he the strong one. Our heavenly father is the strong one who is omnipresent. But I open up the door to things that I shouldn't be opening up because the Father is leading me somewhere and I'm not going. Holy Spirit. 
You see, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. When I put off the Holy Ghost, when I put off the Holy Spirit, I'm putting off the kingdom. I'm putting off his rule as being king. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm putting it off. Third John. I've even spoken this a couple times here. What? I want you to look at the last part of this with me. Third John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Be in health as your soul prospers. This is his will. This is his plan. This is what the provision he made. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren come and testify. When they come and speak of the truth about this whole situation of what I've done. The truth that is where? That is in us. It's not just a passing thought. It's not just something that went by us. It literally is established inside of us. It is who we are. Just as you walk in it. It's a journey. It's literally a journey. And he's always been about this journey. And, and as we go forth. And he says in verse 4. And this is how we can fulfill his joy to the absolute fullest ever in our whole life. I have no greater joy. So there is nothing that tops this. There cannot be anything that tops this. I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in that we're walking in it. We're, no wonder that Jesus' nourishment, what made him healthy, not just physically healthy, what made him think right, what made everything him look right, what made him function right, was he was doing the will of him that sent him. He was doing the will of the Father. There's two places in Scripture that Jesus calls it great faith. And the reason I want to bring those up is that I'm realizing that those two people, even though we might not look at them like the most amazing Christians, they didn't trip over obstacles. It didn't change what was true to them. Does that make sense? The truth was truly the truth. Thank you, Jesus. The centurion woman, thank you Jesus, or excuse me, the Canaanite woman, I'm sorry I said that. The Canaanite woman, she's gone to Jesus and she's begging, she's pleading, she's begging, she's, she's making a fool of herself. And the disciples think it's so disrespectful and they want her to be sent away because of who she is. She's not a Jew. And Jesus has protocol. And Jesus realizes that it's supposed to be Jew first and then Gentile. In other words, he knows the protocol too. And so he even throws out what might be an obstacle when he says to her, <laughs> verse 26, it is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But look at verse 27. Yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. 
It's not about who I am. It's about who you are. It's about who the master is. What are we focused on? The centurion could have been in the same way. And he said, I'm not worthy that you enter my house or come under my roof. But speak the word only. Just say the word. Just say the word. Just say the word. And, and my servant, he'll be healed. And Jesus marveled and said, he's not seen a, so great a faith in all of Israel. That's what we would like to hear. He's never seen so great a faith. Why has he not seen so great a faith? Because the centurion said, I'm a man under authority. How do you get great faith? Be under authority. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. That's repetition, is it not? Not just you heard a word, it's now there but no, you keep mulling on that word and God keeps giving you more and more and more pieces and, and more how it connects with this and how the kingdom works and how, how it's established. But you see, in that process, we're under his authority and, and, and we want to move with him. We don't want to move without him. We want to move with him. We, we, we so want to move with him that my emotions aren't part of what I'm doing. That's what that's about. And Jesus said, I've not seen so great a faith. Obviously, Jesus spoke the word and the centurion's servant was healed. But I want you to think about something. I think that's why Peter's shadow healed them all. Because the authority that Peter was under is the authority he carried. You carry what you're under. And they might have said it's under his shadow. There wasn't a power in his shadow. It was about getting close to the authority that he carried within him because he was under that authority. He was so under it that it changed things. You see, we all grow in that. It, it wasn't just a gift like one day Peter got up. And things changed. No, it was Peter goofed up. Peter denied Christ. Peter had to repent. Peter had to fall in love with the Lord in a new way all over again. And realize that redemption was truly real. And it wasn't about him. And had to keep pursuing. He had to literally seek the kingdom. And if you seek the kingdom, you change your lifestyle for it. Seek means to change. You seek a degree, do you not? Is that not, I, they don't say that much anymore. I know I'm old. But you seek means to change your lifestyle for it. Are we changing our lifestyle for the kingdom? Or are we getting frustrated with those people around us and blaming them or those or whatever why we're not seeing what God promised? Acts chapter, oh, I need to say this first. Sorry, I'm backing up, Debbie. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Very familiar verse for me. But Jesus increased. 
Jesus increased. In wisdom, how'd he get that wisdom? You think it was a casual thing? In stature means he carried more weight. He was worth, oh my gosh, this is dry. This is, almost seems wrong to say, but I know it's real. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. Now you realize this verse was said when he was still a youth, but he grew. It wasn't that he was just the son of God, born by the Holy Spirit, coming over Mary. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? He actually grew into the place that God had called him for. So he grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, meaning he carried more weight in the kingdom than he did before. And because of that wisdom and that stature, he now even has favor with God and man. He got more favor. Now how do you get more favor? You think, you know, we think, well, I'm a Christian. I don't deserve this. Well, maybe I'm a Christian, and as I grow in this, I'll reign somewhere that I didn't reign before. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. You see, he's prepared it for all of us, but how many there are depends on how many of us love him. Not, not like, oh, I love you. No, how do we surrender our life to him? And how do we show that love? If, if, uh, if I'm the bride of Christ, how connected am I? But God has revealed them to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The Spirit is searching the things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him. There's a spirit inside of us. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. In other words, the more I connect with him, the more I'm going to connect with all those things he's already prepared by even going to the cross than I ever had before. More redemption will be mine. More, everything, more of it will be mine. Years ago, I remember him saying, you know, the steps of a good man are order of the Lord. And I'll, I'll, I can even remember the stoplight I was at. And he said to me, but the stride is up to you. 
The steps are ordered of the Lord, but the stride is up to you. And sometimes we take steps backwards. We go in a familiar spot and hold on there because we're comforted in that familiarity. And we say, next season, I've already given up on this season. You see, how did Peter walk on water? He said to Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. What word did he hear? Come. He was so familiar with that voice that he knew it wasn't a voice of another And he could stand on it. But when he started looking at the waves, the scripture actually says looking at the wind, which doesn't really quite make sense. But when he started looking at the waves, instead of paying attention to the voice of the calm, he started to sink. But you know what the best part of that is to me? Jesus' hand was right there. We don't have to have total accuracy or solidness in the word to think we're going to get all the way to the finish line. We just have to go so we can meet his hand so he can bring us up there. And he was known as the one that walked on the water because he walked on the calm. He walked on the voice that he'd heard so much that he recognized it. Jesus didn't say, it is I, calm. He said, come. Holy Spirit. You see, the word tells us that, and, and the, I thought the worship was going to do this today. I thought that was interesting. To seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto us. It doesn't actually say seek ye first Jesus or seek ye first God. Yes, you have to seek Jesus and you have to seek God. But it says to seek first the kingdom. You seek how he reigns and in his reigning in and through and on you, all these things will come unto you. Holy Spirit, seek, seek, not second but first. In other words, change your lifestyle, Marlene. Change your lifestyle. You know why? It will change my connection. You know, we never have to, you know, when we're, when we're walking in obedience, we never have to worry about fitting anywhere. We never have to be concerned about whether I fit there or whether people care or whether they don't care or how they care. Because we're walking humbly with him and it changes everything. Old Testament, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. I think this is so amazing. It says, from the first day, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I came because of your words. That angel came. God sent the angel. Why? Because he made a decision. He was a good man. 
walking in an immoral place, but he was a good man. I don't mean he was immoral. I mean people around him. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But he made a decision, and I, we need to make these kind of decisions. He made a decision to seek, to walk differently, to humble himself before his God, to take a fast. But he was making a lifestyle change. And he didn't have to do it 21 days in order to be heard by God. From the very first day, Daniel, you chose... I came because of those words. Now the very next chapter he says this, verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 32. But the people that know, that experience their God, not just know about, not just I've had a connection with him, and I can tell you about this date at this time and when I did this, but the people that know their God will be strong and will carry out great exploits. Isn't that cool? Isn't he cool? Isn't he amazing? Romans 8, as many, how many? As many. Verse 14, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, we're sons of God. We, it literally changes our connection and our placement and who we are in our identity. Our identity changes when we're led by the Spirit. Yes. Now I need to say this here. Some of our friends and some of the people that we connect with, they hear all our big uh, glorious stories about hearing God or about this happening or that happening. And so they, they decide because they, at this season in their life, they don't feel like they're having these great and glorious things happening. So they're assuming that they can't hear God. We've goofed up. The biggest part of hearing God is about our daily living. It's about day to day to day to day to day and what we're doing and how we're doing it. It's about our daily living. I don't know if you guys are like me or not. I actually hope you're not. But I, I have said for many years, every single day I'm over my head. And I've always known that. I've always known that everything I do compared to daily work at the flower shop to going to minister places, I don't have this kind of intelligence. But what I've also figured out in the last year or so, I'm not only over my head, I'm over my physical ability and it still keeps happening. And it's not a joke. <laughs> So I'm not sure I want to give it to any of you. But at the same time, I want to give you this. I want you to know that you're so connected that if your earthly story is just full of holes and neglect and disappointments and regret, Wish I could haves, wish I would haves. All you have to do is be led by the Spirit. And the very first day you start walking this walk, God hears you and responds to you in a way that can change history.
For you did not receive the spirit of bondage to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. You belong by where you cry out, Abba, Father. It's not, I wish I could say, oh, he's mine. It's you automatically realize he's so yours. And we're so connected. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children. We're, we're not only children, we're heirs. And we're joint heirs. And, and that we may be glorified together. Literally, we're so connected together. Verse 19, you see, all of the earth is wanting this. Everything, yeah. I think something like this could change pollution. I'm serious. I think something like this could change so many things. Because all of creation, they, they, now look at this. What does creation think? What do the, what does, we're talking about trees. What do they think? You think, oh, they don't have any faith. They have an earnest expectation. They know how all of this is going to come together and it is going to happen. It's not maybe it will happen. This is happening and we have such an expectation. I'm eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains. It's literally trying to help us out and to birth this for us. Verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see. You see, there's always more, is there not? The angels are still going, holy. I think we'll still be doing I can't imagine that we won't be growing in heaven. I can't, I don't think I'm just going to get there and know it all. I think I'm going to know so much, I'll think I know it all, but it'll just keep growing and keep growing and keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. But if you hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance, not casually. This isn't a casual thing. It has perseverance. And verse 26, he says, likewise the Spirit. What's he saying? You, in the Spirit, it's the same way. With the Holy Spirit, it's the same way. He, he, we have to hope for something. We have to go forward in something. Likewise the Spirit, it helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions with groanings that cannot be uttered. Ah, he searches the heart. He knows the mind of the Spirit. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's what we're connected to. That's what we're connected to. That's what we're connected to. That's why Jesus says, what makes me, what nourishes me is to do the will of him that sent me, to literally follow this path, and, and it gives me more freedom. Oh. More blessing, more freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it amazing? You see, I think it's amazing then in Acts chapter 2 I, when the Holy Spirit came. And this might not seem interesting to you, but it has always uh, marveled at me. It says what they, what they were sitting there. 
You know, they weren't laboring, they weren't struggling to have something to happen. The place where they were sitting, they were all in one accord. There wasn't something they didn't talk about. It's amazing, isn't it? Holy Spirit. It's not about the next season. It's right now. Now, I want to give you something really practical. If you feel like you're struggling to hear the voice of God, what's the last thing he said to you? What's the last thing he said to you? Now, let's thank him for it. And let's go from there. And we say, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? You see, God works like that. His steps are ordered of the Lord. And sometimes we are taking steps that weren't ordered of him. So if we go back to where he ordered our step, the next step he orders... And when we think, oh, I'm not hearing from God. No, you might not be having a big dream inter interpretation or, you know, hearing an audible voice that you've heard in the past or, some, you know, some, an experience. But we're talking about that inner knowing. And that inner knowing is what brings the other. Does that make sense? Holy Spirit. You see, the same thing is true. When you get in a meeting or you're, you're speaking somewhere and, or, or, or whatever you're doing and you're lost in what you need to be doing, go back to where the last spot was that you knew God was on it and take it from there again. And it works every single time. Why? He's easily to be entreated. Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for being good to us. And this is a day that I feel we're literally putting a stake in the ground. And for some of us, we're walking back a couple steps and putting the stake over here because we went, off, we went off just a little bit and we know it. The truth be known, we know it. But our, our friends went off just a little bit too. So, we, but, so we, we, went, we need to back up a little bit to where that position of that stake needs to go. God, I thank you for your grace. And we're putting that stake in the ground. And we're saying, Father... I want to hear your voice. I want to follow it. I want to be so nurtured by you as I'm following it that I realize that this is the season of the harvest. And the next season is the season of even more harvest. But what I've been pursuing and what I've been looking for, it, it's right here. This, it's white, it's ready, and, and revival's here. And we choose to be nurtured, to be nourished, 
by following you. Now, I want everybody just to look at me for a minute because I feel like there's some people here. Uh, altar workers, go ahead and come forward. Worship team, if you want to come, whatever you would like to do on that. But I feel like there's some people here this morning, and I know that we're a crowd of, of church people. We've got a couple people that want to give your heart to the Lord. So if you are one of those people that feel like you need to surrender your heart to the Lord, just lift up your hand and put it back down. That's all we're asking. Lift it up and we'll put it back down. Anybody else? Lift it up and put it back down. Okay, we're going to pray right in our seats, okay? I see it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, we're going to pray. We're not, I want everybody to pray this after me. There's some adults in this room that have such regret that in this surrender, redemption is so real that regret is now something you look at in your past instead of something you're carrying with you. So let's all pray this together. I'm just going to pray. You, I want you to pray to the Father. You know how to get to him every bit as much as I do. But Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing the fullness of Christ into this room. Father, we come to you. We give you ourselves. We give you our history. And we surrender to you our future. Teach us. Guide us. Thank you for our identities connecting with you. We choose to give you ourselves to accept the blood of Jesus Christ. We are Christian. We are full of your love. We are choosing to love you. And we are choosing to follow you. And we are surrendered. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to ask everyone to come forward that has any form of need of prayer. Whether you need to be healed, whether you need the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest with you, there's an anointing here today for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is in this place. It is in this place. Whatever you need from the Father, I ask for you to be obedient and just come as they worship. And I believe that the goodness of God is going to hit us and touch us. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve. You want wine? Oh, Nate. I didn't know that. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, let's, uh, let's all stand up. Spend just a couple of minutes here engaging with Holy Spirit. It's 11.53, so we have a couple of minutes left before uh, parents have to go get the kids. But let's just invite him right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and do a work in our hearts this morning. We desperately need to encounter you in the way that Marlene's talking about. We lay down our lives. You have supremacy 
in our lives. You are our life. It's not just that it's not just that we have taken what we own and given it to you. We recognize that you own us. That you're the creator, that you're the one that made us. You knitted us together. And we're just simply recognizing that you already have the authority. And we're submitting to it. And we ask this morning that you would touch us deeply. That you would help us to steward and to daily engage with you. That we wouldn't miss what you're saying and what you're doing. That we wouldn't miss the calling that you've put on each of our lives. That that we wouldn't have to retrace steps. So Father, we, we invite you to do a work in us. And right now, just just want you to activate, just Holy Spirit activation here. And I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what, what was the last thing you asked me to do that I haven't done? What was the last thing that you asked me to do? I just want to challenge you to, to really focus on that this week, to engage with him in the thing that he's calling you to do. It might be a couple of things. It might be, you know, it, it, he'll bring it right to mind. You'll know. But Holy Spirit, what is that thing that you've asked me to do? And Lord, help me to walk in that. Help me to honor you in that place. And I ask, Lord, that as we take that step, that you would speak to us for what the next step is. That we w- it wouldn't be clouded in confusion and mystery, but it would be very clear for us. In Jesus' name. I believe there's also uh, an anointing for healing this morning. I was really sensing that the whole service. So if, if there's anyone here that has pain in your body right now, or even if you're believing for a miracle for someone else and you want to stand in the gap for them, then please come down and uh, receive prayer for that. I agree with one another for that. If If it's too busy down here, you can find somebody next to you and just grab them and say, hey, will you agree with me for this breakthrough, this healing, this miracle, whatever the Lord's put on your heart for this morning. I was just, you know, short testimony. I just had one of our employees went in for um, uh, heart surgery uh, last week, and um, I just prayed for him briefly uh, and texted him and said, hey, I'm praying for you today when you go in. and he was taking nitros because he, he's had a lot of heart issues and he was having a blockage issue. And he went in and they did the uh, little scope of the arm into his heart. They were planning on having to put a stent in and maybe deal with the blockage. And they got in there and, and they couldn't find any blockages, no need for the stents. And so he, he told me uh, later that day, he got out of surgery and he said, well, guess what? Didn't need to do any extra procedures. They went in. All is good. He's like, I really believe it was because of your guys' prayers. So thank you, Lord. You know, So just the Lord's in the business of healing us. Amen. He's in the business of prospering us as our souls prosper. Marlene touched on that this morning. It's, it's, not, it's not just that he wants to, you know, provide for your finances or, or whatever. It's not just one realm. He wants our lives to be prosperous. He wants us to be blessed in every way. And that doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. But it does mean that He's with us. It does mean that He's in our corner. 
that he's there for us and that he's our good father. Amen. All right. So just if, if you if you have someone either that you're standing for, you need healing prayer for that, just come on forward. We got a couple minutes. Um, it's almost noon, so feel free to grab your kids here as soon as you want. And have a blessed day, all right, guys? We'll see you back in a few. Amen.
Have your 